So once again, good morning. It's good to see you guys today. Uh, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Uh, and if your team played on Thanksgiving Day, I hope they won. Uh, I hope mine wins today. We'll see what happens. If you haven't already, take out your message notes, your connection card, and your offering envelope. We're going to use all of those in today's message. Uh, by the way, next Sunday, we're going to be kicking off our Christmas series that's just simply called Advent. And do you know what Advent means? It's the Advent season, but a lot of people don't know what Advent means. Uh, Advent just means that um, the arrival of an important person or an, impor- uh, an important event has taken place. And so every Sunday in December, we're going to talk about the importance of the advent of Jesus. We're going to talk about why that matters in our lives, why it's so important. And I think this is not only going to be a great series and a series that you'll enjoy, but I think it'll be a series that you're helped by. And I think Donnie mentioned something about this in the welcome, but I want to just reinforce it, if I may. This Christmas series is going to be a great series to invite your friends and family to. Because this is going to be a series about finding hope, about finding joy, about understanding what love really means. And I can hardly wait till next week. It's going to be a fantastic series. So start thinking now about people in your life that need to be here starting next Sunday, but then any Sunday throughout, um, throughout the Christmas season. Today we're going to finish up our series called Connect. This is a series that we've been in for the last four weeks Uh, Again, it's called Connect, and we've just been learning how to connect with God, and in particular, how to connect with God through prayer. And we're going to read the Lord's Prayer just one more time in this series right now out loud. I'm not going to ask you guys to stand back up, but I want you to really project here, and with lots of keep pounding gusto, that's a Panthers thing. Man, we have a lot of non-Carolina people here, don't we? All right. So with lots of we love Jesus gusto, let's read this prayer together. Are you ready? Just reading it together out loud. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Good job. Let me ask you a question as we get started this morning. Do you you ever feel like there's a tug of war going on inside of your life? Kind of like... The old you who has bad habits, bad habits of how he deals with um, other people he's in relationship with. So you you have that old guy pulling. And then the the new man that you're trying to be as you follow Jesus, and, and they're just pulling at you. It's this tug of war going on in your life. Uh, maybe you're trying your best to follow Jesus and... Uh, You just don't get everything right. Or you're trying your best to follow Jesus and do what he wants for your life, but then you feel like you're always disappointing God. Do you ever feel that way? Am I the only guy? I bet not. I think most of us at some point in our lives, we've all felt this way. You know, we have good intentions. 
We have good intentions. We want to do the right thing, but then we don't. And I, I have to tell you, good intentions, well, they're just never enough. I mean, that's why there is the old saying, the road to hell is paved with what? Good intentions. You intend to do the right thing, but you just don't. Or, or you want to change. You meant to change, but then you just don't follow through. You get started, but somewhere along the way, you give up. I have some important things that I'm trying to change in my own life. And so I've really been studying about this and studying God's word about it. And I've learned, and I wish I would have learned this a long time ago, but I've been learning that if we're going to break free from the habits that continually mess up our lives, if we're going to break free and change uh, the temptations that constantly mess up our lives, it's going to take more than just want. It's going to take more than good intentions. Each week in the Lord's Prayer in this series, we've unpacked this prayer line by line. And the line we're going to look at today is the line where Jesus says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And we're going to learn how to how to break free from the constant cycle of good intentions, failure, guilt, confession. And then it sort of starts over, right? Good intentions, failure, guilt, confession. We're going to have a game plan for how to deal with temptation. I think it's interesting how we think about temptations. You know, most of us, when we think about temptation, we, we think of temptation as, uh, as uh, an enticement to do something really big. Something really, really evil, you know, like, like kill somebody. That's what we think a temptation is a lot of times. Something, something really big. But I have to be honest with you, I, I, I'm not tempted to kill anyone. Now, I might feel different about that later after the game, about 4 o'clock. I, you know, it may cross my mind every now and again on I-85 or I-77, I-485. 501, 544. But all joking aside, I'm not really tempted to do that. I'm not tempted to rob a bank. I I think the way Satan tempts us or, or the things he tempts us with or the things he tempts us to do are a lot more subtle than that. For example, sometimes Satan tempts us to do what's easy because it's just easier to do what's easy, right? You know, like when you're a parent of small children and you, you, you know you should be parenting at that moment, but instead it's just easier to put them in front of a TV or give them an iPad or some kind of tablet. You know, sometimes we're just tempted to do something that's easy or temptation can be to do to do something in the short term 
that sort of gets you through, but you know it's just going to make things worse in the long term. You know, like if, if uh, you've only been following politics for a couple of years or just a few years, you might think that the whole immigration problem that we face in our nation right now is something that happened when Donald Trump became our president. Or uh, if you watch Fox News, uh, you, you might think the whole immigration problem started with, um, with President Obama. And the reality is there's been an immigration problem since about 1790. And so administration after administration after administration, has they've just tinkered with it a little bit, and they'll put a Band-Aid on it here or there. But each administration just kicks it on down the road. And I've watched presidents do this. In my own lifetime, since Carter and Reagan just kicked it on down the line until you have the mess that we have with immigration right now. You know, it was the temptation all along to just, to just do something that gets you through, but it's just kicking the can further down the road. It just makes things worse. Sometimes we're tempted to do what's best for us. This, this is an, a, a, a temptation to be immature, you know, it's, it's to think about what affects me and have no concern about how it affects everyone else. And I've heard teenagers say it, and I've heard adults say that same thing when they're acting like teenagers. Well, this is my life, and this just affects me. Well, when you grow up, you'll realize that's not true. Because if you have family and friends, people in your life who care about you, the decisions you make, it affects everyone around you. Sometimes we're tempted to do nothing. You, you know, you, you, you see something that needs action. You, you see something that needs to be done or you see someone who needs your help, but you don't help. You don't get involved. Instead, you just do nothing. Well, I think the solution to the temptations we face are right here in this one verse. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. In this prayer, Jesus gives us a way out of temptation. Not to say that you're ever going to get to the place in your life where you're no longer tempted by anything, but I'm talking about those temptations that really mess your life up. I'm talking about those cyclical temptations that you just, they just impact and impound your life constantly. Jesus has given us a prayer for deliverance. He's given us a way out, a path of escape. Listen to 1 Corinthians 10, 13. This is this is the Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthians, and he says, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. You know this, right? Everything that you deal with, someone else deals with it too. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, this is the key part, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. If I had more time, I would just walk through the scriptures and show you again and again and again how our Lord always leaves a light at the end of the tunnel, how the Lord always gives us a way out. Listen, it's not always easy. 
It's usually not a a well-worn path. But the Lord always gives us an escape. For the next few minutes, I want to talk about three action steps that you can take whenever you're facing temptation. So if you're taking notes, write these down. Here's the first one. Step number one, pray for deliverance. Pray for deliverance. This just means that you ask God to help you with your temptations. Jesus teaches us in this model prayer that we should ask the Lord for deliverance and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is where we start. And listen to me, especially if you're a new Christian, this doesn't have to be a formal, um, even well thought out prayer. This can be something as simple and direct as help. Lord, I'm facing something right now that's just bigger than me. I'm going through something I just can't handle without you. Like when you're raising kids. Lord, help me not to kill these kids. Or Lord, just help my eyes to keep looking straight forward. Or Jesus, help me with this meeting that I'm about to go into because, oh, so-and-so is going to be in that meeting. And every time he opens his mouth, I just want to punch him in the throat. The Bible tells us to depend on God when we're in trouble, whenever we need deliverance. Listen to what God says in Psalm 50, 15. Then call on me when you are in trouble, and I will rescue, and you will give me glory. And you should always remember this, Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. The high priest, this high priest of ours, and by high priest, he's talking about Jesus. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. Let that sink in. For he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. So Jesus is gracious and he shows us mercy whenever we face temptation. Why? Because he faced them too. Jesus was tempted to get angry, to lash out, to overreact like you and me. I don't know if you act that way, but... I sometimes do. He was tempted to feel sorry for himself. All all of the basic temptations that you and I face as human beings, he understands what those are all about. That's why, that's why whenever we're facing temptation, or you'll see at the end of the message, when we sin, that we can boldly come before the throne of God's Grace, And there we find a gracious God. We find a forgiving God, a loving God, a caring God, a merciful God. Not one who just keeps us at arm's length. Not one who just wants to push us away. Not one who's always disappointed with us like a parent who can't be pleased. He understands. He gets it. He also knows that we're, we're weak. Here's action step number two. Know what makes you weak. Know what makes you weak. Superman, you need to know what your kryptonite is. 
If you're serious about overcoming this cycle of temptation, sin, confession, failure, guilt, then you need to know the when, where, who, and how factors of your temptation. This is one of the most important things I've learned lately as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus. Look at Matthew 26, 41. It says, keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. And by the way, Jesus is talking to his disciples out in the Garden of Gethsemane the night he was arrested. Um, and ultimately, he's going to be put on trial and handed over to be crucified. And so th- this was not just a flippant conversation that Jesus had with his disciples. This is a critical, crucial moment in their lives. And so Jesus says, I'm going to go a little ahead of you and pray. I want you to stay here and watch and pray. He says, keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is what? Weak. So in other words, we want to overcome temptation, but want is not enough. Determination and willpower, they're not enough. Determination and willpower may be enough to get you started, but eventually, if that's all you've got to depend on, you'll quit. And Jesus knows this about us. Jesus knows this about us because he put us together, and that's why he teaches his disciples then and those of us who follow him now to watch and pray. Now, I want you to follow me here, okay? So in Matthew 6, 13, that's a part of the Lord's Prayer. That's the part of the prayer where Jesus says, Uh, to pray and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's the model prayer, okay? But then in that same gospel, about 18 or 20 chapters later, the Lord also says to watch and pray. So at first he says pray for deliverance, but now he's telling his disciples, he's telling us to watch and pray. And pray, why? Because praying for deliverance is not enough. It's the first step, but it's not enough. Jesus tells us to pray and watch, which means you have to take some action. Watch means to be attentive, to be aware, to be on guard. So what are we to be aware of? What are we to watch out for? We're to watch out for our weaknesses. We're to watch out for the circumstances in our lives that make us most vulnerable. We identify them and we work on them. Now, we're all different. We're all tempted by different things. We, we all have different patterns of sin in our lives that we have to deal with. But I think there are four questions, and I'm gonna give you these really quickly, but I think there are four questions that you have to ask and answer that will help you see where you're weak, where you're most tempted. All right, here's the first one. You need to ask yourself, when am I most tempted? When? And at first this might sound kind of silly, but what day of the week is it? What days of the week are you most tempted to sin? What time of the day? Let me give you an example from from my life. 
my week, my work week builds to Sunday, okay? Now, Sunday's not the only thing I do in the week, but my work week builds to Sunday. So on Sundays, I preach three messages. Well, it's the same message, but I preach it three times. And I don't get tired on Sunday. In fact, most of the time after the third service is over, I'd like to have one more shot at it. And it's because I'm hyped up on the energy of the day, the worship of the day, being around people that kind of jazzes me up and, and just the adrenaline of standing in front of a, a crowd of people and talking for 30 35, 40, 45, 50 minutes each service. But man, I'm great on Sunday. Monday morning when I wake up, I feel like I've been hit by a truck. Now I still have to get up and go to work. But when I get to work, I'm on the clock again for another message at the end of the week. So that's about 2,500 words. Then I have a Bible study on Wednesday nights. It's usually around 3,000 to 3,500 words. And it really takes me until about Wednesday to start feeling normal again. But then I already have the pressure and the other administrative things, you know, that come with every person's job. You know, there's just stuff that you have to do. Um, I'm not my best on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And I know that that's when I'm the most tired and I'm the most vulnerable to temptation. And so even though I'm tired, I try to be on my guard because Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, that's when I'm most likely to say something stupid to someone. That's when I'm most likely to give in to whatever the temptation might be. So, so for myself, I've had to learn my own life rhythms. And so I, I, try not to, I try not to have big meetings on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. Sometimes you can't help it, and that's just life. But I try not to. I try not to make big decisions before Thursday. I try not to have too many conversations that I really have to remember until Thursday morning. Because Thursday, some, for some reason, I wake up and I'm ready to go again. You need to know what that is for your life as well. Um, here's question number two. Ask yourself, where am I most tempted? Like, where is it? Are you most tempted at home? Are you most tempted at work? Are you most tempted behind a TV screen or a computer monitor? Where is it a sports bar? Where are you most tempted? Question number three, ask yourself, who is with me when I'm most tempted? Is it my golf buddies? Is it my fishing buddies? Is it old friends from high school? And, and fellas, if you don't know who it is, just ask your wife. She knows. Question number four, ask yourself, how do I feel right before I'm most tempted? 
And I can see that look on some of your eyes like, I don't see what this has to do with anything in the world. I'm telling you, you need to figure this stuff out. How do I feel when I am most tempted? In other words, what are the triggers that make you most vulnerable? What are the emotional trigger, triggers? Are, are, you, um, are, are you most vulnerable when you're frustrated or when you're angry? And, and let me tell you something. For an emotional person like me, that's an important piece of information to have right there. Because you can train yourself to bite your lip. And learning how to bite your lip usually is preceded by knowing what your emotional triggers are. And, and listen, I, I realize that there are gonna, there's going to be some people who listen to this message, maybe in this room, but certainly on our website, they're like, here, here goes another preacher trying to give a self-improvement message. L- listen, I'm talking about the way the Lord has wired us up. He created us. He gave you the personality that you have. It's irresponsible for you and I not to learn these things about ourselves. Anyway, the point is, identify what makes you vulnerable. Don't just pray about your temptations. Watch and pray. Take some action. And then here's action step number three. Plan to avoid temptation. Plan to avoid temptation. Now that you've prayed for God's help, now you know the, the when, where, who, and how you're tempted. Now plan to just steer clear of the temptation. Let me tell you something you might not know about temptation. Temptation always begins with a natural desire inside of you. If you didn't have a natural desire for it, you, you wouldn't be enticed to do it. So temptation is satisfying a legitimate desire that we already have inside of us, but to satisfy it in the wrong way or at the wrong time or with the wrong amount. For example, we all have the desire to eat We all have the desire to drink, to sleep, to have sex. That pretty much covers it, doesn't it? I mean, just those things right there, those natural desires, if you think about what the temptations are that go along with them, that pretty much covers it. Well, where do you think these natural desires come from? They came from God. God put these inside of us. So they aren't wrong or or they're not bad, but the temptation is to use or misuse our natural desires in a way that causes us to sin. Temptation turns a natural desire into a runaway desire. And once it becomes a runaway desire, it can take over your life because it can become the most important thing in your life. So you have to plan ahead to avoid the temptation. I've been telling our teenagers for years, and I'll say it for years to come if the Lord lets me live years and years to come, but I'm gonna tell you one more time this morning. Plan out your dates. Plan out your dates. Know who you're going out with. 
know where you're going, know who you're going to be with, decide ahead of time when you're going to be home. Make the decision ahead of time that you're not going to have sex before marriage. And then plan accordingly. Plan to avoid that. Because listen, it's too late to try to avoid sexual temptation when you're kissing in the back seat of a car with your pants unbuttoned. You've already given in then. Plan these things out ahead of time. The book of Proverbs is a book of wisdom. And if you don't read anything or if you're not reading anything else in the Bible, you should be reading through Proverbs just every day even. Proverbs 4, 25 and 27 says, Look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. You know who wrote that proverb? If he didn't write it, he collected it. Solomon, at one time the richest man in the world, also a man known as the wisest man in the world, also a man who wrecked his life on his own natural desires and giving in to temptations. Take it from a man who has looked the wrong way, stared at the wrong way, taken his eyes off of the straight path. Take it from a man who's gotten his life um, off the right track and stay on the right track. Plan to avoid temptation altogether. I wish I could tell you different, but the truth is that being a follower of Jesus Christ does not exempt us from temptation. We're all sinners, all of us. So we're all going to face them. It's impossible to live on this earth and be sinless, but you can sin less. But to do that, you have to grow into it. See, like I have a temptation right now to walk out and say to everybody out there in the lobby, in the name of Jesus, shut up. But I'm not going to. We can break the habitual sin that wrecks our lives. We can grow and learn how to face temptation. The good news is that when we do sin, God is willing to forgive us. Look at these last two verses with me. 1 John 1, 8 and 9. If we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Let's pray together. Belinda, as we pray, would you mind stepping outside there and telling them that we're finishing up a service in here and we're about to talk to the Lord. We'll be done in just a minute and then get right back to talking. Loud, extra loud. I have a smile on my face though. Deep breaths, deep breaths. 
Let's pray. Lord, because you created us, you know us better than we even know ourselves for sure. You know exactly how we're put together. You don't have to figure out what tempts us or where we're most vulnerable. You already know. And Lord, the unfortunate thing about that part is it seems like Satan knows where to tempt us, uh, to tempt us as well. And Lord, as adults, and most of us in this room are adults, we've been dealing with these temptations for a long time. And so we, we, just, we know that we're weak. We know that we're vulnerable. But Lord, I pray that every last person listening to this message right now would make up his or her mind that we're not just going to be tr- uh, we're not just going to try to be good enough from now on we're not going to let our our good intentions even um and the fact that we can't live up to them win the day but lord we're going to lean on you for help and lord i i know that there are some folks who are sitting here listening now and they're, they're thinking, Jimmy, I've given in a temptation so many times, I just can't imagine God forgiving me. Lord, I pray that right now you would put in their heart, in their mind, their spirit, however you would communicate it and just say to them, I love you and I'm willing to forgive you right now. So, Lord, I just want to say a prayer for those of us who feel, like, who feel like we've just really blown it in life. I pray that you would forgive us. I pray that you would set us free. I pray, Lord, for that burden of guilt that whoever is living with that, that right now you would just take it from them. Let them feel a sense of relief and a sense of renewal, and they can walk away, that we could all walk away today with a brand new beginning, deciding that when we face temptations, we're going to look to you for a prayer of deliverance. Jesus, it's in your great name that we pray. Amen. It's been a good day at Rock River Church, and we're excited that you were a part of it. As a reminder, if you're a guest with us, please let us know in your connection card, and you could drop that in the offering basket as you leave, or you could uh, take that in the information table. We have a free gift for you. So Rock River Church, we love you, God bless you, and we'll see you next Sunday. You're not-